Sorry, I'm brimming with content. <laughs> Personal life content? Yeah, we gotta talk about UFOs. I don't have any you UFO g- content. You don't know? Oh, what happened? Oh, shit. It's been fucking confirmed. It's them. UFOs exist. Ah, oh, shit. Or that was a really well-edited video. It's really possible. Let's show you this. I mean, is it on, like, CNN.com? Well... They have an article oh. around it. This around a video. So that that's a still from the video. I wonder if they actually have the video. Is this seriously a thing? Yes! Great. Okay. What? How are you doing this? Is that a is that a TIE fighter? Is that, were they tracking a TIE fighter? Okay, this is, this is the uh, the original video. Okay, tilt it down because Chromebook. Okay, can you see? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my that's good. That's just like a blimp. Oh. It's over. Man, hold on. How fucking thematically amazing would it be if we were watching the UFO confirmed video and it's like, uh, New York explodes! The UFOs are here! And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show talk about feelings. My name is Henry, and uh, my name is John, and together we are really annoying, and that hurts. Uh, and, and, and my name is John? What's, uh, what's going on there, Henry? What's going on? So there is a Jeff that is huge, but you don't know if he wants to see those weird hat. Uh, uh huge, huge Jeff? What's, uh, what's, what's... What's huge Jeff's deal? Yeah, and there was no evidence of, like, creating a little bit more of these religions of your entertainment enjoyment. Oh, religion? I, I mean, I guess any religion you could you could call a religion of your entertainment. I guess it's the perspective you want to take. Henry, what's happening? John, do you know how you like these machine learning programs? Oh, yeah, they're my favorite. So a little company or a little organization or a little group called Botnik... Got together. They recently released uh, the first chapter of a Harry Potter novel written by by their their uh, I don't know what exactly it is, but by their machine learning predictive text. And they allow you to put in anything and get predictive text for it. Oh, such as. So I trend. I I ran five of our episodes, five of our most recent episodes, through a transcription device service and fed it into the machine. And it's that I, I was reading what it spit out. Oh wow! Uh, can can I get a taste of that? You can you can certainly now. I, I started with here when I had calibrated it a little bit more. Uh huh. But if we scroll oh, up, my. we have a lot of uh, of it trying to learn how to talk like us. 
So, uh, what I'd like to do, I don't know if you have a specific content in mind for this, but uh, I would like to pepper these throughout the episode to see if the eagle-eared listener can see what is the predictive text and uh, and what is our actual words. That, that would be great. Why don't you just peruse it a little for a little bit and see if anything kind of jumps out at you. I mean, I don't know if I agree or disagree with that statement because I feel like we have done a lot this episode. <laughs> Did we let me tell you what we accomplished, Henry? And you tell me if this is true. There is a literal death in the absence of fear of your neighbor being someone who does not accept your wants to kill snakes. <laughs> that sounds exactly like us. I, I feel like that's the kind of sentence that we deliver on pretty regularly. Oh, it's it's great. And uh and so I, I wanted to to really capture the zero credits spirit. So these five episodes they kind of dipped into the Halloween, so there's a lot of talk about horror and spooky scary, and I thought that wasn't exactly capturing our, our spirit. So then I took every single description we've ever written oh. and plugged it into the machine oh boy. to generate uh, descriptions for us. Yeah. Uh, so here's a sample description. This was early on before I calibrated it. Henry and John discuss movies directed by Jack Snyder and not trying to build my own brand off the strength of the podcast world of the series and all the good things they liked of the wild frontier in a country that's Snicket. Henry and John are in the same geographic location, and it is getting hog crazy in here. We go round the prickly pear, 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 prickly pear. Oh, it's too good! It got stuck on prickly pear. It's too good. Oh, there's there's a lot in here, and I think we we should we should we should pepper them like you suggested throughout the episode to just. <laughs> celebrate that machines have have captured who we are. And I'm a big believer that eventually machines will be integrated into human society. So my hope is that no one will be able to tell the difference. Wouldn't it be great if we could get a robot guest to be on our podcast and have them just talk like a ro- uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, like what? Regular human is what I meant to say. <laughs> Uh, I think we might have a robot guest in our midst right now. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying when you try to say regular person, it certainly sounded like you were trying to say r- 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 robot. <laughs> you think they would have programmed me with some Freudian slip? I just don't think robots can lie, and I think that they're overcoming this. Or should I say you are overcoming this? So, John... What's the thing that terrifies you, like, from around here and my first day here in the same time duration of the House of Cards? Sounds great. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, the answer to that is, uh, is probably, where's that show gonna go? That's what terrifies me the most right here on the first day of my being here in the same time duration in the House of Cards. You know, we, I don't think we ever really talked about how Netflix, all right. So, so we did talk. We, we did talk about the the sexual assault scandals going around Hollywood and politics and such. But uh, this is a weird thing going on. Is like if someone is accused, the the people in their, in their professional lives just dump them. Yeah. And so House of Cards, they have one more season left, mm-hmm. and now they have to do it without the president of the United States. I put president in quotes. 
Yeah, they've uh, they've gone full in on the Robin Wright. Yeah, they're just they're backing Robin Wright, and it, it kind of made sense from a, a narrative point of view in the in the last season. I don't know if you've you've caught up on it or no. I gave up on that show after season two, and that's probably for the best because. The writing just got terrible. I don't. I don't know what happened. I don't know if like was was David Fincher only behind season one. I, I I think that he was less involved. I can't say for certain. Yeah, me either. Nor do I really care because it seems like with Netflix shows, to a certain extent, it seems like they they keep trying to string them out as long as possible. Yeah, they don't they don't let them end. I mean, I think that most Marvel shows should just be one season. Yeah, one season and like three episodes shorter. Yes, exactly. Cut three of those episodes out, make them one season, make them like a a self-contained story. Like, you know how sometimes, actually, with a lot of characters like Daredevil and The Punisher and Jessica Jones, they will have short little contained arcs in a series of graphic novels that just kind of have a story and then end? Yeah. That's maybe what these series should be. They should be spaced out by years. And they should just be one season, and then you tell different stories in between. But anyway. Otherwise, you get all of this, all of these events, all of these crazy events happening in the same city at the same time, and your, your suspension of disbelief just stretches a little too far. Yeah, you know, in the, in the same New York that was destroyed by giant monster aliens, you're like, how is no one talking about this all of the time? Yeah, that's... <laughs> They had they show like an old newspaper of a headline, and then that's the only discussion ever. Yeah, someone's like, "Hey, remember the catastrophe or whatever?" And then there's like a newspaper clipping on wall that's like New York in flames. That's like, I mean, we were talking about nine eleven for a long time. Yeah, we're still talking about it. And if nine eleven was superheroes and aliens, we would never stop talking about it. I, I agree. I feel like. It would be everywhere. Everywhere you look, you would see, like, some remnant of it or, or, like, destruction that isn't quite fixed yet, especially if you're in, like, the lower income areas that the, the you know, the municipal governments are deemed like, oh, we're going to get to that eventually. Oh, that'd be an interesting Marvel show. That would, it, like, what if Luke Cage in Harlem, what if it's, like, still affected and it becomes not, like, a superhero versus supervillain thing, but, like... A superhero standing up for his neighborhood to try to get things fixed. I mean, I think that's just a canon problem, and I feel like I feel like the problems we have storytelling-wise with canonizing things have not gotten better. They've only gotten worse. Yeah. Because we used to have the idea of maintaining a strict canon for a franchise in a in a particular like set of circumstances used to be pretty obscure. It used to be a pretty nerdy thing to do. And now it's effectively, you know, mandated through things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Cinematic Universe. Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars is actually kind of falling into the same thing. It's where, I guess, like, people who are obsessed with canon have won. And they're like, nah, be respectful of the canon. Everything you make, it's like, man, sometimes... People just write a Punisher graphic novel and they never talk about the fact that there are other superheroes because it's a story that they're telling from an ideological, a certain ideological point of view using these characters. Yeah, some of the best comic book stories are just one, one-off one what-ifs, like Red Sun, mm. where Superman crash lands <laughs> in, in Soviet Russia instead of, you know, uh, Nebraska or Kansas, wherever he's from. Yeah, and I, I think that there's definitely room for that and... 
it's tough for me to admit this, and I think I may have admitted on the podcast, I'm kind of a fan of the Punisher as a character, and how he's used in, in various media in the past. Do I think that, like, his ethos is cool and bad guys should be killed? No, like... I think that the Punisher is, like, the best argument against vigilantism. But the only stories in which the Punisher is really a good character are ones where they act like other superheroes don't exist whatsoever. Yeah. When he was first introduced as a, as a like, a, basically an enemy for Spider-Man. Yeah, you know? He's good, he's good for superheroes to rub their morals against each other so that both of them probably end up being stronger for it. But when, he, when that's not it... Put him by himself, because otherwise, you're going to just fight over, man, we can't kill these guys, over and over again. You're going to have the same conversations over and over again, until your audience is bored and they're off, I don't know, skipping rocks. Yeah, I mean, did we set out to do it in the middle of the day, as long as people are content with their choices, and are not, like, self, self-hating self or self-harming or boring some weird self-inflicting pain game? I don't think so. I don't think we set out to do that, you know? I feel like we set out to have a conversation about the canon, and that's something I really want to talk about because I know you might not have seen it yet, but Star Wars is in every headline. Uh, People will not stop talking about Star Wars, and I'm in a very unique position that I never find myself in, in that I am uh, self-pressuring myself to go see a movie that I do want to see, but I'm taking my sweet time for, but I just want to see it to be in on the conversation and not have things spoiled for me and not have it... Not have my experience colored by the reaction that's going through everything right now. Yeah, I mean, I, so 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 we we can well delay this conversation basically because I don't want to put you in a position. Well, I know what people are saying, really, but I think that if this continues too far, because I, I see what's happening. Uh, basically, there is uh, there is a certain objective fact that the new Star Wars movies. The, st- the new Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, is a critical darling. It is generally very well regarded by a critical audience. And there is an audience of non-critics who feels very differently about it. Yeah, it's kind of like the people who go to see movies to judge whether or not they're good movies are finding that this is a good movie. Mm-hmm. The fans of the series and the... The fans of the expanded canon and the extended universe and all the offshoots, all the video games, the the pre the sequel, the other sequel trilogy that was book form, the, mm-hmm. the Thawne series, they're having problems with it. Oh, you mean Admiral Thrawn? Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, that that whole yeah trilogy of books. Mm-hmm. That all I, the books by Timothy Zahn. All those ones are good too. Here's the here's the they're thing gone now though. Yeah, no, get them I'm, out. I'm fine with that. Get them out of the cast canon. them out. They're not. I'm, I'm, I am interested to see this movie because I am both kinds of person. I am deeply invested in the Star Wars canon, have been basically my entire life, and Star Wars might be my favorite franchise of things in history. Then all I will say to you is, I think you would enjoy it because it's a good film. And I am also a a great appreciator of films, and especially the works of Ryan Johnson. I think Ryan Johnson's a genius. I'm not going to say much more because I know my girlfriend hasn't well, seen it yet and she listens to the podcast. Um, so I don't want to like put her in a weird position too where she can't listen to her po- to, to this podcast. And I know our, some of her fans, you know, other people. Yeah. Not just people who are in my life. Uh, so I, I'll just leave it at we will have a, in, a more in-depth conversation about that in, uh, once John has seen it and once more of her fans have time to see it. 
Yeah, I would I would love to have that conversation because I'm very excited to see it. I'm just nervous. Yeah, and it might be it might be this conversation is probably best served for a supplemental reading anyway. Mm-hmm. Because I, there's no way to discuss what people are are talking about without spoiling everything. There is something that is happening that I'm seeing people share with uh, varying degrees of irony. But there is a petition going around to have Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, and I say this with air quotes, not because it is uh, inaccurate or, or I am attributing a quote. It is just out of a lack of respect for the sentiment the petition was created under. But to strike it from the canon. Really? Yeah, there is a petition going around to have The Last Jedi stricken from the canon. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm going to weigh in with uh, my opinion, which is fuck off. If we're going to allow The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones to remain in the canon, movies that are, are bad from for everyone. But there's, there's little redeeming anything from those movies, except for that they build off to Re- Revenge of the Sith, which I still contend is one of the best movies in the, in the series. Re- yeah, Revenge of the Sith is fine. If you are so tied up in the definitions of what makes something you enjoy canonical or not, then, like, find different things to enjoy. Like, if you, if you, if it would bring you peace of mind to say that something was stricken from the canon, like, who cares? Yeah. Like, it literally doesn't matter if something is canonized in a franchise or not whatsoever. The story still exists. Like, I I know Disney kind of, like, threw out all the Legends stuff in the extended canon and said that's no longer in the canon. But all of those stories still exist. They don't become nothing. They don't become rendered meaningless. They're still there. Yeah, like, if if you read, like, the Timothy Zahn X-Wing books, there are things that happen that are essentially completely disconnected from the events of the movies. To me, those are essentially canonical, because who cares? Yeah, I... Look, it would be one thing if, like, there were other people making movies that could contend with your canon or whatever, but the movies stay under one house. It's all Lucas Films, and it's all Disney. It's not as though Fox is throwing out something that, that is completely erroneous just for the sake of making money. I would say that's the only reason you strike something from the canon, is if, like, a knockoff comes out. Well, the... I feel like the the canon as we know it today related to, as sad as it is, people only care about the canon for huge, like, multi-million dollar flagship enterprises, yeah. starship enterprises. And what... I feel like the canon exists because there was a long time where things like Star Wars and Star Trek particularly had an issue where there would be media being released that would openly contradict either more popular forms of it or just different forms of it. Yeah. So if you have a book that was written by someone in the Star Wars universe that directly contradicts something that happened in another book or in a movie, then I could maybe see you being upset if you care about the abstract idea of whether or not something matters in a fictional universe. And that's not... Like, I don't want to make it sound like people being invested in something that's fictional is bad, but we have so much more freedom to enjoy something if we could just say, these are the stories I like, and they're part of what makes it special to me. Yeah. Not, these are the stories I like because they are fake real. (laughs) Well, I think you're saying is you don't want people to be able to strike things from the canon because they don't like them or they, they're they not good enough. Because, let's face it, there are things in the canon 
that aren't good enough and that no one likes, and yet they persist. Yeah, how crazy would it be if you could just say, this is a thing that exists that I don't personally agree with or I don't find artful, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that, that would be like changing the ending of, the, of Re- Return of the Jedi because you don't like the Ewoks, which personally I don't like the Ewoks, but that would be like saying, oh yeah, the end of Return of the Jedi doesn't ma- doesn't count, does, it never happened. Yeah, it would be ridiculous. It's like saying that 70% of the episode of the Clone Wars weren't canonical, which clearly all of them were. Yeah. That'd be like discounting Rebels or whatever else, whatever cartoons are Yeah, Rebels on. is pretty good. I, I, I mean, I haven't... What? I haven't watched are it. you? Look, all I'm saying is, Star Wars was in the 70s, but it's not a very clear world with a different perception in the 80s. So I get what you are saying, and I have to live this kind of split and basically turning to make a comparison, because we were stoked to be civilized, but there are bodies in the streets and people getting paid be like the poltergeist and the scene but i think that the way you can navigate those roadways and the city limits is not to be there at the end of the day no i completely see what you're saying the best way to engage in this kind of conversation is not to engage in it yeah no no that that's something that I, I've, I've struggled with because of course everybody saw it or People who are who have seen it want to voice their opinions because everyone has this this, this built-up image in their head of their opinion being valuable to those around them. That, that's a human thing. And so on Facebook, all of my friends who have seen have seen the movie are weighing in and, and like some of them are trying to play mediator, saying, like, you know, come on guys, give it a chance, it was different and stuff like that. But I find myself having liked the film and having no desire to defend that like, to justify that like, or even voice my opinion in fear of people jumping on it to try to tear it apart for whatever reason. One thing that's difficult to have in the age that we live in right now, the age of like free and and open communication on all channels, it's so hard to have an unqualified opinion of something. It's hard to like something and be like, I like it for these reasons without there being a a massive coalition against you that dislikes it for other reasons. We're very disrespectful of our opinions of art right now. And I have uh, Facebook friends right now that are very vehemently against The Last Jedi and are like, they're showing up on everyone's comments and making like snide things that's like, what's worse, this or The Last Jedi? Wow. Yeah. And it's like... It's so unimportant to have that conversation. It's so meaningless to be to self-identify by the things you don't like. Like that was a conversation that I was having with somebody. It's like the the quickest way to get recognition, but the least beneficial to you in the long run is to just yell about the things you don't like to attract other people who don't like that thing to you. You built nothing, you established nothing, you appreciated nothing. You basically formed a connection through negativity. Which, what's the glue there? What's the cohesion? The cohesion is you're going to keep circling back on that negativity, and that's not helpful to anybody. Yeah, because if you say, I don't like this, and that's the only dialogue you're having, and you surround yourselves with people, you surround yourself with people who say, I also don't like this thing, you're, you're not 
creating a community. You're just creating a group of people with one thing to talk about. Yeah. But if you create a friend group of people who say, I do like this thing. These are people who can appreciate these things. And you have a deeper connection with people you share likes with than dislikes. If you really want to improve a thing, you can't stop at, I don't like this. And that's what people are doing. They're not stopping at, I don't like this. They're adding the because. Mm-hmm. But then they're just describing what they don't like. They're not talking about what they would do to make it better. And, and I'm not trying to say that people can't have a negative opinion about something. Like, if people genuinely don't like something, that opinion is sacrosanct. I mean, like all opinions, it's subject to change. But I think that if you spend more time trying to think positively about the things you do like and spent i don't know i haven't seen the movie and i feel like i'm attacking people who don't like it yeah and that's not what we mean to do we just if you don't like something maybe you don't try to ruin it for people who do like it (laughs) that's a really good way to live and it's like whenever the super bowl happens everybody has to jump on the bandwagon of going sports ball (laughs) i don't like football (laughs) i only watch it for the commercials or whatever and that's just There are people who do genuinely like it, so why are you trying to rain on their parade? Yeah, all you're doing is saying, I'm negative, I'm a black hole, there's nothing coming out, but it's like, they, they, like, waft into your atmosphere to suck up your positivity. It's like, my positivity hurt no one. Exactly. Your negativity hurts me. And I guess you could make the argument that maybe the enjoyment of this film will be damaging the canon, but we already discussed. And really, at this point, it's this is a thought I had while I was watching the film. And the thought was, these are the events that happened. Yeah. This is what is being set forth as what happened. We can't change the past. We can't change what happened. We can only be hopeful that the future might be better or might hold more of the things that you wanted to see. Just because they haven't happened yet doesn't mean they're not going to happen at all. Mm -hmm. We just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen until it happens. And and it's kind of like we've got a trilogy. This is the second thing in the trilogy. Did you expect them to wrap everything up? People's expectations are are so high for a movie like this. It's it's impossible to to please everyone. And and we all want to think that if you're not a pelican, that's nothing to talk about. Anyway... That's that's some type of weird snake god. And we will stream video games at twitch.tv slash zero. To get the attention of every single greatest defenders of those movies, that's that's like a newborn person without consciousness. So, like, yeah, you're just a mixture of two big windows. You can never tell me that I like the idea of being a normal self. And I never will tell you that because you can't... Just don't tell people that what they like is bad unless you can get on some level and have... A civil discussion about it, which is something I did with a coworker, because he we, we talked about it and he didn't like it, and I I saw I saw the points he didn't like and agreed with them, but then I tried to convince him that other parts were better, and we ended up at a weird sort of mixed agreement of the uh, of where the film sat in the tier list. Of Star Wars films. Oh, what a pointless discussion that is. Yeah. Like, uh, tier lists. That's another thing that annoys me to no end <laughs> is tier lists. But anyway. We, we won't we won't talk about it because uh, I only did a tier list because he asked me to do one. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, you know, I probably put Revenge of the Sith higher than other people because I, 
I really enjoy that movie. Yeah, it's very easy for people to discount the those three movies and just put them all down at the bottom. But like, Revenge of the Sith was legitimate and Attack of the Clones had a couple okay moments. Attack of the... Yeah, it's kind of like you can, you can skip the majority of Phantom Menace. You can skip a little bit of Attack of the Clones. But then you, you just watch all of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Because it's good. And it it's perfectly sets up. It's a perfect, like, end of the prequels and sort of, like, prelude to the original trilogy. It's one good. Of, one of my favorite moments in recent Star Wars history. Uh, and every time a Star Wars movie comes out, it happens for Force Awakens. It happened for... I mean, it happened for all the prequel movies. But it happened for Force Awakens and Rogue One. I go into a deep Star Wars fugue the second I see a Star Wars movie. The last time I saw a Star Wars movie was Rogue One, and I watched all of Clone Wars, played like one or two Star Wars videos. I I have this weird level of adoration for Star Wars where I never think about it until like a movie comes out or something excites me about it, and then it's all I can think about for like two months. Yeah. I also did like half of The Old Republic. Okay. I played a whole bunch of that game. It's not very good. Yeah. There's a problem with the Star Wars series as a whole, and I think we can save that for the supplemental reading. Yeah, the real quick though, the thing I was gonna say, my favorite memory of recent Star Wars stuff was I showed my girlfriend all three of the original trilogy movies. Uh, we were going to watch the prequels, but we ran out of time, and honestly, you know, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. But we watched the first one. And she was like, I can really appreciate this for what it did at the time. Like, you know, some of it hasn't aged super well, but, like, it's this huge triumph. And I, I understand all this, because she's never seen all three of them. Gotcha. Like, as an adult. And then we watched Empire Strikes Back, and she's like, that movie was awesome. Like, Empire Strikes Back is objectively the greatest Star Wars movie ever made. Like, Empire Strikes Back is one of the best movies ever made and I'm not saying that from the standpoint of someone who really likes Star Wars. It just is. Empire Strikes Back is, is should be number one in everyone's tier list because tier lists matter. It's it's uh, nope. It's one of the it's it's just one of the best movies. But we watched Return of the Jedi. We finished Return of the Jedi, and at the end, she looked at me and she was like, "That wasn't as good as the other two. It was the first time I'd really had to critically think about. It. I'm like, no, it wasn't. She's like, it wasn't even really as good as the first one. I'm like, yeah, it really wasn't. Because Return of the Jedi is not actually a very good movie. It really isn't. It it tries to put a bow on... I mean, there's a problem with the Star Wars series. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to see it, but it's there. And I'm going to save that for the supplemental reading. Well, that sounds like a good time to talk about it to me. Yep. So we should transition to other things that aren't Star Wars. We did this... Last week, too, where we kind of... We talked about one thing. We nerded yeah. out on one series. Last week was DBZ, this week is Star Wars. Eventually, we're just... This is just going to turn into nerd talk. Well, fucking thank God Star Wars is topical. Dragon Ball Z could not be less topical. I did a little bit of Dragon Ball Z research, though. We can talk about that uh, after the year is over. Okay. <laughs> after the year is because over. Because that would ruin this podcast. Yeah, we won't want to alienate our viewers but speaking of alienation john mm. you want to talk about that ufo oh oh alienation i get it yeah like the show on sci-fi alien nation is that like you do aliens invade america uh in alien nation i believe aliens had like integrated into life in like chicago or new york and they had like purple stripes on their head it was a pretty sweet show how long did it last one and a half seasons i feel like maybe three all right. I'll uh, I'll research it. 
Okay. But uh, what UFO is if I haven't seen the video already and then shit all of my pants? <laughs> so earlier this week, and when I say earlier this week, I mean like Sunday, uh, the government, someone in the government, Department of Defense, somebody, released a video of an honest-to-goodness, non-shaky cam, non-amateur UFO. Allegedly. Allegedly. I, allegedly. They haven't really commented on what it was. Hmm. But it, in case you haven't seen it, it's a it's a it's taken from like a, a dash cam on a jet. Okay. And you can hear two guys talking, two pilots presumably. I, I don't think they're they're called dashes on jets. What do you think they're called? Cockpits. So it's like it a the- cock cam. Not calling it that. Okay, fine. A pit cam. Pit cam. So, it's pit cam footage. Would you really not call it a dash? I, I don't think it's... I mean, there's an instrument panel. When I think dash, I think, like, little, like, hula lady. Right, right. I, I Okay, I can see that. But it's this object in the sky that's just... It's there. It's moving with them. And uh, he says that it's going about 120 miles against the wind. That's tough to do. And at a certain point, the object in question rotates just rotates it rotates like while still moving it rotates now they uh, they use some pretty evocative language to describe what it looked like uh they said it looked like a pill like a 40 foot long tic tac 40 foot long tic tic tac that's doesn't match any description of any aircraft i know and all the aircraft i know can't rotate the body while moving in the same direction yeah, the uh, the closest thing I can think of maybe that could do something like that would be like a vertical takeoff and landing craft. Oh, that would be interesting. This this, this the footage was back in uh, was taken back in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. So this is before SpaceX. Yeah, I maybe I, I I don't know the physics of how VTOL works or how it would rotate and do that, and I also don't imagine that's the case. But this is kind of. It's somewhat creepy to me, because if you look at the, uh, there was a talk going around recently of, like, uh, what is a meteorite, we were calling it, like, this long, oblong object. That just entered our solar system? Yeah, that just entered our solar system that we can't find a, a reasonable scientific explanation as to why it would be that shape, or why, I think we've taken, like, uh, like... Spectra- spectrograph imagery of it? Something like that. Because they did find that it was Electromagnetic coded. spectrometry. Maybe. Maybe. They found that it was coated with something. Yeah, they found that it was uh, coated with something, and it was a very, very unusual shape that they didn't assume would be able to uh, survive its conditions in space without being, like, broken or just reformed over time into a different shape. One might say it looks like a very long tic-tac. Really? I mean, it is, like, long and oblong. Oh, God. The artist renditions of it, uh, which, of course, we haven't seen it, but artist renditions of it make it look like a, a big, long, kind of pill-shaped rock. Interesting. This is, I mean, this is all very interesting, and I wonder if it's actually going to amount to anything. Um, but to, to further add fuel to this alien fire, uh, CNN reports... A former Pentagon official who led a recently revealed government program to research potential UFOs said Monday evening that he believes there is evidence of alien life reaching Earth. Now, this is a belief. He says, my personal belief is that there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. Lewis 
Elizondo said in an interview on CNN's show. I don't want to plug their shows. Fair. Um, so, I, I mean, he says it's a, it's his belief, and usually when it comes to evidence, belief factors in maybe a little bit, but it doesn't really play a huge role. Usually with evidence, it usually is or isn't. Yeah, I find the wording of that to be very strange. I believe that there is evidence. Is is that an oxymoron? Yeah, I, I don't think so. That like Maybe saying, like, I believe the evidence would be more oxymoronic, unless you're in a court case, in which case the evidence could be more con- more uh, circumstantial. Yeah, I believe the, the hypothetical evidence. Yeah, he's just saying, and he's not saying they have evidence even, mm-hmm. he's just saying he believes evidence exists. Strange way to put it, no matter what way you slice it. But putting that, adding that onto the footage that was released by the Department of Defense... It seems like really weird timing, and then you add on that thing entering our solar system. It, it's like everything's happening at once, and that's a little too convenient, right? Yeah, it feels almost filmic in the way it's happening, which I hope it isn't happening, because aliens freak me out. Yeah, no, like, as soon as we find life on other planets and know that we're not alone, the worldview, hopefully, like of the planet needs to shift drastically because then it becomes an us as humans yeah versus a potential them and who knows what they are yeah it uh i mean if if aliens are nice here's the thing henry yeah i want to make something perfectly clear to you and the podcast listening audience yeah i 100 percent believe that there is intelligent life somewhere in the universe just probabilistically it has to exist that, all right, so you're going with the, uh, the, prob- the what is that called? The statistical sort of argument. Yeah, I, I think that given the, given how large we assume the universe to be, uh, whether or not it has an edge, then you, you have to assume that there has to exist something that is intelligent life. And, and I know, I generally think that when we think of aliens, we think of them as... You know, things that that move around or do things pretty similar to us. But I think that aliens are essentially completely unknowable because if you try to communicate... Let's say we took you, Henry. All right, I'm Henry. And you tried to have a meaningful conversation with a 17-year-old woman from a third-world country who didn't speak English. That's not going to go very well. You're, you're not going to have a meaningful dialogue whatsoever, right? Your, your world experience is outside of what makes you human completely different. Yeah. What if you didn't even have that? Yeah, well, you didn't even have the commonality of being of the same species. If you, if you were to interface with aliens, potentially, which I'm not sure alien life has ever visited Earth or whatever, because probabilistically, that's almost impossible. Yeah, just because every... The universe is so big. Yeah. Um, but if you were to interface with alien life, they would be so unknowable to you. The mystery of alien life would so dwarf any other problem we have solved as a species. It, it would be like comparing like the five compelling mysteries we saw to infinity mysteries. Yeah. Like it's it's un it's unthinkable to me that we could even approach that situation. We see it in movies all the time where where aliens sort of over like they communicate with us somehow, 
But in most of those cases, like I'm going to pull from Arrival for this example, the aliens can understand us, but we just can't understand them. Mm-hmm. So they have, they have some type of telepathic connection or something like that that allows them to understand us, but it's like br- we need to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. When in reality, the more likely thing is there's no understanding either way. I mean, really the only thing that we can fall back on is the idea that if some like far-reaching alien race that's like infinitely older than we are is able to master a way to travel a, a long enough distance over a long enough time to reach us, our only chance, our only hope is that they would be technologically advanced enough to communicate with us in some meaningful way. Which, of course, if you met aliens, the only compelling way you could communicate with them is math. Okay, because that's universal. It's the only thing that's like, oh, that... I mean, there's there's no way we could communicate with aliens with math and be wrong if it's something that's proven. Yeah. Like, if we could communicate that we have a similar understanding of, like, distances and ratios and things like that, then we could have a, a commonality, but language, like, wouldn't even be close. Yeah, l- language, when you break it down, is just a bunch of sounds that we string together that we prescribe meaning to. There's nothing universal about language at all. No, not at all. What about music? They say that's the universal language. I don't know. How much of your enjoyment of music is... Does does it just come from your upbringing? It's impossible to say, but, I mean... Babies like music. Music is very mathematical in its composure. True. And I mean, you know, the frequency is that air, the frequency that air vibrates, that's true no matter what. Yeah. But what if they come from a planet with no air? Then that's insane. And now we have to find a different way to, what if they come with no, somehow, that their star-faring civilization never discovered math. I don't know how they would do it, but it's, yeah, somehow it might be a possibility that they found a way to construct machinery and, and like everything they need, life support systems, what have you. But they never discovered math. What if they were just they've existed for infinitely longer than we have, but they're just plug and play engineers? They just like do something. If it works, they do it. And if it doesn't, they throw it out. It seems like that'd be a very adaptive species. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we we open ourselves up to the idea that what if there's an alien species out there that just straight up is not carbon-based? That I can't even imagine. Yeah, you can't imagine what life would look like if that was it. Because most life on our planet is... Yeah, all life on 99.9%. All life, I believe, is carbon-based. Nah, man. Oh, you're right. Ghosts. Ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the point the point zero zero one percent ghosts yes <laughs> aliens show up and like so so it's the world of the world scenario where they land and they start killing us mm-hmm. but then our ghosts start fighting the aliens and like wait what is this <laughs> yeah. why you know they thought that uh, a sickness killed them in war of the worlds but it was just ghosts it was ghosts ghosts save us in world world the wor- world war z world war z whoa no. Yeah. Uh, no, that's... Uh, if you read between the lines, clearly it was a ghost war. It was a ghost war. Kind of the two big archetypical early 2000 horror movies, because of the alternating currents during the National Anthem, and actually have some of his original quotes here as to why he did that. Nicholas Sattler knelt during the National Anthem and actually have some of his original quotes here as to why he did that. I do want you to be aware... 
what your you would be okay if that guy could have somebody here with me that I like the idea of being an amputee. So there, but the one thing in our lives that we are the most covetous of is our consciousness with the universe, but I do the full dramatic like Bert, and you can find us on iTunes. (laughs) So if you could significantly convince someone that something was real quick, as they used to be that way, to get the attention of every Austin famous media producer ever, so we can become famous. I really don't think there's any better way to put it. I don't either. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a pretty good capper. You know, I, I feel like we get kind of on the weeds trying to understand alien life, but we really pulled it together there right at the end. Yeah. Yeah, uh, kind of. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, uh... So if we get destroyed by aliens, uh, sorry. If we get destroyed, if we get destroyed by aliens, then your Star Wars argument really didn't mean anything because that didn't save us. Yeah, when humankind is struck from the canon, who will be your god then? Oh, what if aliens find us, read our entire history, and are like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't compelling enough. Uh, what if they visit every planet and they get to this one and they're like, ah, oh, the one, it, we're, thir- we're like the third one from the end and they ruin it now? Strike it from the cannon. <laughs> Just And it comes out of the Death Star, actually. They have a Death Star. Oh, man. Oh, man, because it's all real or because also they, they got our, our radio wave transmissions and interpreted it and they're watching it with us. The universe of Star Wars has come to visit us from a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And they have found us wanting. <laughs> That's great. Weird, weird, weird thing. But there was a one-off Star Wars comic where Han and Chewie crash land on Earth. Really? Are you going to strike that from your canon? You can't. Well, I I don't think it's actually in the canon. Yeah, if it was written down, it's not canon. Unless it was a novelization. Uh, Did I have more I wanted to talk about on this episode? Uh, sure hope not. Did you? Not really. Are you sure? Um, yeah, not a lot of interesting life stuff. Just, uh, just get real hyped for some Star Wars. Because I think we talked for 20 minutes before we started the episode, so we still have some time left. You're right. Yeah, so, uh... Oh, God. We're getting to the part where I didn't plan anything more than this, uh... Okay, we can't... Alright, so... I spent so much time on getting this zero-credit subscription bot up and running, uh, that we're just gonna read a few of them for you now... Because I feel like they're really funny and good. And I'd like you all to imagine the episodes that, uh, <laughs> that these descriptions belong to. Hey listeners, this episode is no different from the episode description. Zero Credits boys have finally caught this week's conferences for the first time, and it's John! I'm the zero sugar beverage that is similar to regular Coke. People and Henry really wants to tell the news. Henry fight verbally over Justin Arbor restaurants, and John openly discusses mocking Henry's movies, directed by Joan Didion, and suddenly they are nothing. You know, that sounds like a pretty good episode. We talk about a, a lot of topics. Movies. We talk about Joan Didion. Movies d- movies of yours that are directed by Joan Didion. You know, the, all the ones I star in. Yeah, that would be amazing. I, I fight some John Arbor restaurants. That's gotta be fun. Yeah, and I'm the zero sugar beverage that is similar to regular Coke people and Henry really wants to tell the news. 
that seems like that seems like really good content. I, I, you know, maybe we should try to make some of these. Yeah, let's just uh, let's let's back it up and just turn these into episodes. <laughs> Here's one where it got stuck for a little bit, but right. it pulled itself out. The staff has to leave Henry, and I suppose to be talking, to be talking, to be talking, to be talking, to be able listeners with no imagination to get through. On this culturally constructed, the episode, only the boys get to get through on this culturally. I feel like the end is actually kind of a pretty apt description of the podcast. <laughs> Let me get a peep at that. Get a peep at that. Let's see. Uh, culturally constructed, the episode, only the boys get to get through on this culturally. Yeah. It, I feel like that's accurate. It, it had... I, I toyed with the description one the most because it had the most uh, words in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... It took a while, like, we gotta read one of these longer ones because it finally started clicking to, to sort of making sense. Okay, do you want to get one or should I? Uh, I just read one, so you read this middle one. Alright, let's see. Listeners, it's the time for the first episode of 2016 Presidential Election Game, where Henry lives surprisingly. This... <laughs> <laughs> This is the end of Zero Credits, and John has very poor thinking about the artistry of their respective corporate holes. John talks about Star Wars before <laughs> tackling women to the bottom of the wild frontier. Hold on. John talks about Star Wars before tackling women to the bottom of the wild frontier. Henry gently reminds John that he remembers nothing from the books and the words contained therein. You know, when we talk about books, that's relatively accurate. <laughs> yep. Uh, we promised it all, but the sinister truth is far more distorted and vile than you can actually hear or will ever meet. Oh, God. That's really good. The treasure is a literary secret in this episode in the annals of the wild frontier in a country of their dreams. Follow us on Facebook and suggest a category of the wild frontier in a country that's been told already to talk about legendary Australian magic. This devolves into a larger discussion of the best contents in the Zero Credits content. And John openly... <laughs> Fuck, it's so good. Uh, and John openly burned the podcast world. Uh... Corporate John shows up, and Henry really wants more of a loosely constructed conglomerate of coolness that is similar to regular days. I mean to talk about Rogue One with some regular old conversation. As the official description writer, I know that the only limit to their achievements is the strength of the podcast world in relation to the 2016 presidential election game. Aww. We gotta make that podcast. <laughs> that was sweet at yeah, the end. right there at the end. The strength of the podcast world. Yeah. The description writer believes in us. Huh? There's a, the only limit is the strength of the podcast world. Yeah, and I... Especially in the 2016 presidential election game. But John, I, I feel like we need to talk... You can't just go around tackling women to the bottom of the wild frontier. Look, I, I want to talk about Star Wars and have a regular old conversation. Yeah, you just, it's right there. You just want to have, just like the good old days. <laughs> Look, I, it's, it's a good old conversation, which is what they call it back home when you tackle a woman to the bottom of the wild frontier. That's what they call it. 
This bot is really obsessed with the concept of the wild frontier. <laughs> there, there were phrases that, that would pop up and like country and frontier and wild kept coming up. And I don't, because I just copied and pasted every description without reading them mm-hmm. into a document and then fed it into the, into the bot. So I don't know where that came from. I think this bot has aspirations. <laughs> to travel. Yeah, to, uh, to see the wild frontier. Oh, uh, man. Here's my favorite short one. It was a, a little calibrating sins just to test it out. Uh, the Zero Credits presents a supplemental reading of Australian mistruths, and John openly discusses his desire to become a person. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's most episodes. Oh. I, I badly want to become a person, and we really need to dedicate an episode to Australian mistruths. <laughs> That would be great. Here are your Australian mistruths. Uh, can we make a version of lore, but for Australian mistruths? <laughs> they don't have they don't have a history of what is. They have a history of what isn't. Yes, only of mistruths. Oh man, I feel like yeah, we should save one of these to be the description for the episode. Yeah, clearly. And I, I, I mean, the most calibrated one is the last one. So that, that's kind of my my uh, pick. For which one? <laughs> Let's see. Nope. Should, uh, can't read it out loud okay. if we want to use I'm it. I'm just going to make sure. Yep, quality. So that means we've got one last nearly perfect one mm-hmm. that we should read. And this will bring an end to our... Because we can't keep we can't do this again is the we, sad part. We can't. The segment's over. Yeah. It has... Uh, look. There's a whole fleet of them. There's a whole fleet of them. A rotating. 120 (laughs) miles against the wind. Alright, so here's the last description for you guys. John and Henry have decided to make good on one of their promises, and tapping into the latest technology known to the North, John struggles with his own identity as a miner. We then dive into the debate of discourse that is this particular film dedicated to those lessons there. The boys get pretty political superpowers with a nice roasted taste testing of Coke's Stranger Things 2 something. So Henry and John are in the same episode of Zero Credits. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> and John is manic as he discusses other podcasts from the safe frontier in a country that's realized that life is something new. This is the first ever growing alternative to the Merry Kitchen by Joystick. And they need to pass those lessons on to the many generations of Julia Louise that is similar to regular riddles. We're... <laughs> we are... Anyone else... See, uh, where, any, where anyone else seems to be talking about our lives to showcase Master Pancake Theater Auntie Donna... Description writer will not spoil what lies in these Dungeons and Dragons creative writing. This seconds before the episode is some good old questions from you with statements from us to talk about Star Wars. (laughs) Happy 30 inches away to the ancient laws of best slash worst machine gaslighting campaign of the century. Uh... Number one, that last sentiment is golden. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That last sentiment is golden, but also I feel like this one really underpins our responsibility to communicate our riddle-like lessons to the future generation of Julia (laughs) Louis-Dreyfus's. Yes. 
<laughs> all those tiny little Julie Louise Dreyfuses running around. They don't have any riddles. And yeah. I think we finally found our mission. We got to give those Julie Louise Dreyfuses the riddles. These riddle-like lessons. Riddle-like lessons. They can only eat riddles. Oh, they get their nourishment from riddles? Yeah, their nourishment and their lessons. Huh. And with that, I just want to say if you want to watch a movie about other people thinking about other people, we don't know if you can. If you read the news because of inflation, it's like, no. Yeah. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. Send us an urn. Hold on, I'm going to retake that one. <laughs> oh boy, this is really <sighs> So if you want to send us a... God, no, it's too good. The cadence is too good. Okay, control ourselves. Hmm. So if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at zerocreditsisapodcast at gmail.com. Send us an urn. That's great. If you want to send an interesting peeve, you can make have to make a name for yourself at twitter.com at zcpcwhj on twitter.com. And what does that stand for, Henry? That stands for Zeitgeist Consumer Psycho Caught Within His Joke. That's right. Send us an IM, PM, DM, whatever it stands for, 280 characters, topical Twitter jokes. And we stream video games on twitch.tv slash zero or twitch.tv slash zero credits where we play video games sometimes. Like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Zero Credits Podcast in the Facebook search bar. And tell your friends word of mouth is the best way. Yeah, and if you listen to this before... Nope, you won't be able to. Never mind. Best words is coming next week. <laughs> yeah, best words coming next week. Send us an urn. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a racist who smokes weed.